Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at This is uh, Jacob Daniel here. This is the Daniel 3 podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, I'm excited to have uh, my, my guest for tonight. We've had to reschedule a couple times, um, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and bring him up because um, I don't want to get too bogged down with any uh, introduction stuff this time. Um, so tonight I have Doug Stewart from the Libertarian Christian Institute. Doug, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm, you know, <laughs> every day is an adventure, the end of the man. day, right? We have every, every, uh, it, it seems cliche to say that having four kids, like it, like bedtime would be hard, but like, it's even harder than I think people would realize it is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So every, every day with kids is a, it's yeah. always like something new. You know what I mean? It's just like a wife calls in the middle of work and just like, you know, like, all right, what did the kids do this time? And it's like today, today was uh, <laughs> jumping off of the couch into a pillow fort they made. And the other day it was pretending that the steps were uh, a slide. And it's <laughs> it's a That's it's cool. a great time, but it's also an exhausting time. So part of yeah. why we had to reschedule a couple of times. But I'm glad to have you on yeah. now. And um, so this is uh, I've had Carrie on the show before, who was a um, you know contributor and part of um, LCI. But uh, never had you on before. I've never really done an episode where I kind of talked about, you know, asked questions and talked about uh, the Libertarian Christian Institute. So I thought we would start there. Um, just kind of if you could give a little bit of introduction to uh, yourself, uh, for starters, yeah. and then just uh, maybe a general overview of what the Libertarian Christian Institute is and you know, who founded it and what it was founded for. Um, and then we can, you know, dive into the conversation about that 
Yeah, well, so yeah, I'm Doug and I'm the CEO of the Libertarian Christian Institute. And I've been involved with LCI since it started in 2015. But even before that, it was just uh, libertarianchristians.com. Uh, we, we used to call it LCC in sort of the uh, the the tradition of calling lourockwell.com LRC. And that was just the, you know, the Austrian Mises circles were calling things by like three letter initials you know, website. So anyway, LCC was libertarianchristians.com. And at some point, uh, Norman Horn, who was, who, whose blog it was, uh, started in 2008, he was encouraged to start a nonprofit so he could raise funds to begin promoting this as an institute or as a nonprofit in a, in a different way um, than just a personal blog that was very, very well done and very, you know, well, uh, well written uh, academically and, you know, philosophically and theologically. Um, so in 2015, um, the IRS approved the nonprofit status for Libertarian Christians uh, or for Libertarian Christian Institute in two weeks, which is uh, nothing short of a miracle um, because anybody, I mean, obviously now the IRS takes long for everything because everything, you know, after the pandemic. But uh, back then it was just still like, oh, yeah, it's going to take you a while. All of a sudden, two weeks later, we, we get it in the mail. We're like, well, that was that was nice. So uh, <laughs> we consider that a blessing, I suppose. Um, so from, since 2015, we've had a board and I've been on that board. And in 2018, I believe um, I kind of lose track because I've just been involved. Um, in 2018, I became the CEO, which basically means I'm in charge of making sure we keep things rolling in content. We're all uh, we're all doing this as our labor of love slash part time work. Um, and so we want to see it thrive. Um, and so we, we put our hearts uh, and passion behind it. So what is that? What, what we do is we promote the Christian case for a free society. And by we do that through equipping Christians to make the Christian case for a free society. There are all kinds of materials out there written by Christians, written by non-Christians that support the, the idea of a free society through libertarianism and anarchism, uh, Christian anarchism. And um, there are a lot of Christians out there who say, Hey, this is, this looks really great, but how do I, how do I make this cohere with my, with my Christian faith? Some people, you know, it clicks pretty much right away and they're like, Oh yeah, this makes complete sense. This doesn't seem to be in contradiction, but other people are like, yeah, but wait, what about this verse? What about that verse? What about Romans 13? Things like that. Um, and so what we do have is a, we this help is my them... avatar, by the way, uh, but my, Romans 13. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That is so it's good. Such a meme. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> the uh, but people people want to know like how do we make this consistent? And they just have lots and lots of questions. And so we've written you know hundreds of articles on on these topics. Um, but there was never really a single Christian source of I don't want to say marrying the two, but basically discussing the intersection of faith and freedom in a way that wasn't like right right-leaning sort of the whole like America, you know, freedom kind of people. Uh, you have those out there. There's plenty of people writing that way, but they're, they're not libertarian. And they're also really, you know, kind of probably more Christian nationalists than anything. So um, we, we exist in the space where Christians can see that there's a consistent ethic of po Christian political thought, and that is libertarianism. So uh, one of the questions that I'm sure it comes to my mind, so I, I, yeah, I'd be curious if it is something that gets pressed to to, to you guys, um, more on a somewhat common basis. But, um, you know, what what would people, what would you respond to if someone asked, well, are you really, are you just reading libertarianism into the text? Because sometimes, mm. and like I struggle to come up with like the best framework, and I, I kind of saw you, um, 
uh, trying to come up with the best way to put it as well, because it's like we don't necessarily like my instinct is sort of like I don't necessarily want to say that uh, or overstate the case. I don't want to say you're not a real Christian if you're not a libertarian. Mm. I don't want to say that if you go into the Bible that you'll find um you know excerpts that are basically you know austrian economics or that are you know like the same as the anatomy of the state by murray rothbard or it's like it's like i don't want to necessarily say that the bible is like an explicit libertarian uh document um but when you phrase it as well i'm just trying to to show how these two are connected or compatible um something that i get often get asked is uh, how do you account for the possibility that you're not just reading something like a political yeah. worldview outside the text and and then filtering it through that? So um, and and seeing that uh, that's you know something you guys yeah primarily seek out to do. Uh, well, how would you address that question if it was posed to you? That's a really important question, and I think a lot of libertarian Christians uh, seem to get it wrong. Uh, I, I have an article on libertarianchristians.com called Jesus Wasn't a Libertarian, But He's Glad I Am. Um, and I, I really think it's important to um, to distinguish between what we're, what we're doing in the modern world, what we're doing in our context is creating uh, a philosophy that answers the question like, when, when is violence, when is it appropriate for violence, right? Or when is violence appropriate? Um, so there, there's these modern questions that we have and what's, what's difficult no matter what these questions are, whether it's about salvation, justification, um, you know, morals, behavior, all kinds of things. We have the questions in our 21st century and well, in 20th and so forth, but like in our day, we have our questions and we want to go to the scriptures and we believe the scriptures are authoritative and we believe that God is speaking through through his spirit, through the scriptures, uh, so that we can be informed on how to live Christianly, right? So you have to answer that question, and what does the result, how, how does that result, right? So when you look at the scripture, I don't see anything that is, now obviously there's those things that are like, oh, hey, there's this one verse, and we have to deal with that, and so forth, but um, I don't see anything in scripture that sort of forbids or makes me think, wow, I really shouldn't let other people be free. Um, or I really should, uh, or on, on the converse, like, wow, Christians really need to be in the business of telling other people how to live in, in a, in a, by force, right? Um, we can tell other people about how to live and what's the best way to live a fulfilled life and have, you know, to, to flourish as a human. Uh, but we need to do that through persuasion. Um, not coercion. And so you have these threads throughout the scripture that don't tell us to be libertarian. Uh, but the libertarian impulse that I'm attracted to in the scripture is the the anti-imperial theme. Uh, the I will obey God rather than Caesar, rather than Nebuchadnezzar, rather than, you know, who, whoever the, the authority of the state is. Uh, in, in those times, they're not the same as states in today's world, but they are very similar enough um, that basically we're going to follow Christ. We're going to have, you know, Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. Christ is king. Um, and then, you know, have in the Old Testament, you have, you know, Yahweh is 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 the Lord and not, you know, whatever, whatever king or. Yeah, I guess it's king um, in those times. So when you look at the scripture, I don't think it's a matter of 
reading libertarianism into it. And I think a lot of people actually make that mistake of reading it into it. And they look for, they look for verses that sort of lean toward like saying things about people being free. And, and those are all fine and good, but we have to be really careful not to proof text things simply because that verse sounds like it's libertarian. Now, Clearly, if you want to have a conversation with people and you need to sort of have shorthand verses and, you know, things to, that come to mind, you could certainly bring those up. But real hard work at becoming a, a Christian libertarian is really more about being steeped in biblical doctrine of anti-imperialism, uh, pacifism, which we can sort of dive into. And I use that word. A lot of people might not know what I mean uh, or they might think they know what I mean um, and, and nonviolence. So. Um, there, there's just a lot in the scripture that like basically says you can't tell other people what to do at the force of a gun uh, or at the force of the sword. Um, and there's a lot of, um, uh, what, what should I say? A lot of talk about human flourishing and, um, maybe you could even say the common good. I'm not really afraid of that phrase too much. Um, although it's been, you know, sort of narrowed down into a particular way of thinking about politics. Um, so when we, when we see, the idea of human flourishing and you read kingdom of God as the, the eternal life that we could have here and now, if we follow Christ, um, none of that involved Rome, none of that involved the state. And you can, you can use modern day economics and the last 200 years, especially to say, Oh my goodness, we know how, how everybody can flourish. And we, we, we've got to work it out over time. There's, there's still people left behind, if you will, there's still people at the bottom of the ladder, although I guess statistically that's always the case um, or the, you know, the bottom. But um, when, when everybody is flourishing the way we have in the, in the world over the last 200 years, um, we've, we've got a way of doing that is not contrary to the scriptures, although there, there are bad actors in that. Um, but we know how to, we know how to flourish as humans and um, we can, we can get there. So I don't, I don't know. I, there, yeah. Like I, I, I keep talking about this, but the, uh, a lot of people do read libertarianism back into the scriptures. And I think that's just sort of false. Um, and well, a lot of times, even I though feel they're like... good, good hearted. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times the, the tendency is for a lot of Christian libertarians, I think, especially the ones who are more on the, on the anarchist side of the table, which, which mm -hmm. I would identify with as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, there, there does seem to be a tendency, um, unfortunately to read the, the, the libertarian anarchist, um, mindsets and beliefs into the scripture to a point that, they'll actually just discount large <laughs> large swaths of scripture because they mm. don't think there's a good answer for particular you know whether it's like Romans 13 or whether it's mm -hmm. uh wars in the old testament whether it's you know what i mean so um yeah. th th that is certainly uh something i'm always cautious of but i i do um but i agree with what you're saying is i i i do think that it's possible to just read the bible from like a start to finish narrative zoomed out view and just see the compatibility right away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are countless examples like you brought up, like uh, such as the namesake of my podcast, uh, <laughs> Daniel three. Uh, um, I, I always, um, and I always inevitably, uh, um, because of my age, I'm 30, but I, I grew up, uh, um, in the nineties. So I always think back to the veggie tales episode mm -hmm. of the, yeah. uh, Rad, Rad Shack and Benny and the yeah, uh, yeah. it was the chocolate bunny but so even though it's not it's like it's close enough to the actual story but it's um 
a little yeah. bit yeah but it's a little bit different but yeah so the uh yeah you, you have that you have um you know moses defying pharaoh you have uh you know daniel the lion's den you know so, so many examples you know even and then the new testament i mean the the apostles um you know certainly uh didn't submit to state authorities that in many occasions and often ended up yeah. um you know in jail or uh dying at the hands of, of yeah. state authorities yeah. so they're you know they're they're you know i i do think and i don't want to get into it right now i do think there's a um a bit of a balancing act there, you know, because I, I think there's much in the the Bible, especially I think in things that that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount and things that yeah. Paul says that um, sort of like our response to oppression and to those who persecute us. And I think that we are supposed to, insofar as we are capable of doing it, uh, turn the other cheek and sometimes have a attitude of submitting to uh those who do evil and in, not in an act of like um making the evil that they do normative or good but mm -hmm. just to say that this is the christ-like response to this yeah. evil and yeah that, that can be difficult i think i think the problem is sometimes people um they want to i, I think well what do you think about this like but i think the problem i see is that people want the answers to be simple you know what i mean like it yeah and it's and if you try to introduce a more i want the answers to be simple man what about you yeah well i mean i do too i, I guess i should say yeah. I, but i think there's a tendency for people to um want to go with the i don't know simplest explanation possible one that doesn't require them to yeah to do any more critical um analysis so it's it's a tough balancing act though for sure and i i i do yeah. agree that the scripture is authoritative and and we shouldn't um seek to undermine the scriptures with any political uh leanings we have what what would you say um you know lci the the, the makeup is of your um of the people involved theologically speaking is it how like how big of a tent uh yeah, is it do you right. have a particular theological bend or do you have a little bit of uh d d diversity there yeah, no, there's there's plenty of diversity. I want to comment though on what you what you were just saying about simple answers. It brought to my mind um, the the way in which we we approach scripture will help us, uh, will help sort of not help us. Um, what's the word I'm thinking here? It was sort of determine why we look for simple answers. And you know, I can give an example here. Um, we we think of authority in a certain type of way in our modern context, and we have to sort of rethink what that looks like in in the biblical text and in you know the way God has worked throughout history, especially in biblical history. We live most U.S. Christians and even people outside. We live under constitutions and laws that are sort of written down and codified. And so when we think of authority, we think of like, oh, well, you know, we're all under the authority of the Constitution or we're all under the authority of the people sort of upholding the Constitution. And so this word authority, uh, people just have this often, I shouldn't say everybody, but often people have this mode, Christians have the mode of looking toward an authority in the same way they see the Constitution. And the Bible is not the Constitution. It is not like the Constitution in its form. Um, I mean, you, you and I know, and I'm pretty sure most of your listeners and people who you know listen to LCI know that the Bible is written over at least 1,500 years by uh, 
I don't know how many authors, at least I think it was like 40 or 50 authors um, and in different genres, different times, couple languages. There's all kinds of things. And the, the way in which the canon was was created was was it, it wasn't like, OK, um, hey, guys, let's just uh, here we're going to count up these books up. Oh, these are it like it was a process. And so those things came about in a certain way and God still chooses to use these texts as authoritative for the rest of history up and through now and, and beyond, of course. Um, and so what does that mean? Well, it might mean we don't think of the Bible like a constitution, in which case, you know, we pull out our pocket constitutions. You know, I might have, I probably have one here on, on, on my bookshelf. Uh, we pull out our pocket constitutions and we read this section and it says, you know, Congress shall make, so, make no law abridging the freedom of speech. All right, that's simple. Congress will make sure no law. All right, now you open up your Bible and you go to this other verse and it sounds similar. It's like, you know, um, uh, gosh, I, I just want to randomly pull a verse, but I need to think of something specific. But in any case, honor the emperor, right? Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, every, let every let every let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. And it's like, look, it says right there in the Bible, be subject to the governing authorities. And, and you know, obviously I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but it really is what people do. Yeah. Um, and so the simple way we think about like what is authority can help us sort of um, only think of how do I read the scripture in a certain way? I mean, nobody takes into account that not nobody. Uh, a lot of times we forget to take into account things in the Old Testament where there were people writing those books that were somewhat favorable to the kingship of David and others who were not. And so you have to make those wrestle with one another. Um, I I didn't. You, you asked me a question about LCI and our diversity. I didn't know if. But I had all those things in my head. I wonder. No, that's fine. On. And and it's it's like, it, it, it it's an interesting road to go down. And I, I don't want to spend too much time in it. But but the the uh, little tangent or little thread you're pulling at there is an interesting one because it kind of d dives into, um, which then relates to the the, the question that I that I did ask. Um, but it kind of pertains to you know I guess you know how you view the Bible and mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know I I kind of although I don't really have a strict adherence to any one denomination or theological bend I I tend to find myself in alignment more often than not with a bit of a like reformed or neo Calvinist yeah. the theological uh, perspective and um, I, I think though that Christians of all stripes and flavors tend to forget though that like the bible is a collection of as you mentioned different books written by different authors in different times different languages and and it does constitute something as a narrative and it's sort of like to take any part of that narrative in complete isolation is is sort of to distort the 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 words of god yeah. um in, yeah. in a way i mean and and to distort the meaning of 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 what's being said i mean it's kind of like um, if you went and pulled out um, a single line from like like a, like your favorite book or a movie, um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of an example now. Like if you sure. went to say like Star Wars Episode Five and just pulled out the line where uh, Luke says, uh, "You killed my father," and you just look at it, like, look, this is evidence that that uh darth vader killed luke's father it's like that that's it and you go around the internet and and you're like you know proclaiming yeah. that to be true it's like well maybe you didn't read or watch the the, the, the that narrative the whole <laughs> way through you know what i mean and sometimes i feel like people 
do that with the Bible. It's like they, yeah. they just like, you know, it's and people do this with everything, not just the Bible. It's let me go to Google and let me find an excerpt from whatever I can find that justifies my position so I can win yeah. this Twitter yeah. or Facebook argument and not not have a, you know, a, a more comprehensive yeah. uh, understanding of, of what's being spoken about. And uh, a lot of I, I wouldn't say all, but definitely I think a lot of the arguments against um, a position that the Bible um, and Christianity, broadly speaking, um, if taken consistently, would promote a political view that is at least something akin to libertarianism. I think the people who oppose that um, don't take the passages that they think are speaking against the claim we're making seriously. They they take them in isolation and and yeah. are are not trying to uh, like exegete those passages in a meaningful way. They're just trying to win an argument if that if that makes sense yeah no it so. is and, and i think the problem with looking for answers in that way is actually um probably worse than just people happen to not be trained or whatever i mean think about how the media takes clips and plays them for us and we look at something and we're like oh my goodness we're outraged right and then you you yeah. know weeks later or during trial or something like that you see that the the, the longer video gets played the, the part um what was it uh, about three or four years ago there was the the native americans playing in washington lincoln memorial i think it was and the, there was this video clip of this kid who looked like he was a white supremacist and like everybody like there was a cut oh yeah the the, the, the the maga kid who was yeah yeah smiling, he was wearing a maga and he was just smiling yeah. and like and like everybody not everybody a lot of people got it wrong and and all of a sudden you realize that there's more clips and you see more, but the media had to show you just this one thing because they have a way of telling you, here's how you need to think about this particular individual. And, and we know this happens frequently enough. And sometimes for, for nefarious reasons, other times it's just they're trying to, you know, cut clips and, you know, they got to, you know, make it sound juicy. I mean, they're, 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 they're there to make a profit, whether that's uh, a good thing or not is irrelevant right now, but we're well, trained in that way. And I think, honestly, I think it's, I, I think the problem is worse in churches because I think we have preachers who make these loose connections between, mm-hmm. or the, these tenuous connections between this verse and this verse and this verse. And they're like, Hey, look, this verse interprets that one. And this one interprets that one. And we have to do it this way. And you know, you've got the, you've got all these lines drawn and people aren't realizing that like, Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, there's a reference. Let me read that. Right. Oh, looks like it supports his his view. And it's like, hang on. So I've actually, and and I'll, I, I'm going to bring this around to uh, the the diversity at LCI. Um, I actually <laughs> adopted a, <laughs> I opt- actually adopted a practice starting back in um, probably October of last year. So we're recording right now. It's almost August. Uh, I guess that means it's July still. Um, so it's been almost a year of just literally just listening to the scripture being read, and not like dwelling on one particular passage or whatever and just be like all right i'm gonna let my brain soak in the narrative and what i will do is i will not actually just do it for just a couple minutes like i'll Mm, i'll put my headphones on and you know last year we were remodeling our house and so i did a lot of work and so i put in my airpods and and went to town and i listened through um up through isaiah um in the old testament and um in in a couple months and so getting the broad swaths of scripture really really helps not yeah. to sort of look for that one single proof text. And so everybody wants to just quote verses back and forth, but as that, if, as if you could just yeah. rearrange all the verses in the Bible in random order and it would say the same thing. 
<laughs> that's a yeah, really good point. That's a really yeah. that's a really interesting point. Or like reorder them in some other fashion. Like the like I think it's the Quran who that's uh, longest to shortest and things like that. And it's like, hmm, yeah, this is pretty interesting. And that's why um, I tend to yeah. a little side tangent, but it's why I tend to lean more with the reformed theological. Not not that again. Sometimes they will also do this very thing, but yeah. I, I do find that they more explicitly make efforts to um not like you know take you know like you said six different verses across you know old and new testament and put them in the order that get you know lets them keep their um already predetermined conclusion for what they want to believe i I prefer rather the uh the style of like you know at the very least reading a whole chapter through and even then sometimes i think with certain books that's not always wise like with romans for example um it's not very like that that book was not written with chapter divisions in it so it was it was a whole letter so and it's not always ideal to go and read the whole letter through every time but i always at least try to go okay yeah you know i'm on chapter 13 well what does chapter 12 say what does chapter 14 say and let me at least know where i'm at in the letter as I'm reading this. Yeah, but Jacob, I only have five minutes of my devotional time and I have to hear God speak to me through just that chapter today. Uh, yes, I know. God, God well, uh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, push in on that one a little bit because I've actually learned that if you listen to, and I realize not everybody has like audible subscription like I do, but like I, it takes literally 15 minutes to listen to, what was it I listened to? Maybe it was 20 minutes I listened to First Corinthians the other day. And I listened to it at like one and a quarter speed. And so, and, and which, which is plenty depending on the narrator, it's pretty easy to, to sufficiently read. And, and people might be thinking, well, what, what am I really getting? And I'm like, you're getting, you're reading the scripture. Like what's, you know, I, I would, I would affirm what you were saying there about uh, reform people. They're, they're good at that, um, at being, they, they take seriously the historical context. Um, and of, they really do try to avoid, um, uh, looking like dispensationalists making jump around texts make connections um so i i'm not reformed but i do appreciate that about them is that they 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 try to avoid those things um so there weren't many there weren't many christians out there who were good uh during during covid um i guess at least percentage-wise there were probably you know just numerically speaking there were a lot but i did like you know some of the ones i follow like james white and, and jeff durbin and stuff were were pretty good at uh calling out the authoritarianism so um, yeah. I don't know. I think there's something there good... to appreciate, but but I, I also don't. I, I try not to get, and this might be more my libertarian side than anything. But I try not to get too quick to use certain theological labels because then I feel like the danger there is. Oh well, now I'm... says and you know can't again. I want to. I don't want to sure. even bring theological worldviews necessarily to heavy to bear when I'm reading the text, but, um, yeah. but yeah, so we were, we were going to talk about the diversity at LCI. So what, yeah, what, sorry, the I derailed us there. <laughs> what, what's the, no, it's good. It's good. Um, but what's the different makeup yeah. there? I mean, um, how, how, how yeah. big is that tent? Yeah. So we, we would call ourselves pretty big tent. Um, the, um, the organization as like the people who like significantly work in it, write articles for it and things like that. We would, we're all Protestant, uh, but we are not anti-Catholic. Um, we, we partner with Catholics, you know, when it, when it seems appropriate, um, for things, we kind of just go with the Nicene creed, like the traditional historic creeds as our sort of like, if you confess these things, um, without reservation, then, then you're within our tent. Um, 
a lot of people know what that who that excludes in terms of denominations who want to also carry the label Christian um, or or religions, however you want to put it, people people groups uh, or religious groups who who call themselves Christians. Um, so we have we we have that big of a tent, which I think is pretty big. At least it's it seems big to me because I grew up where I wasn't allowed to let anybody in our tent um, <laughs> as a, as a like yeah. a conservative fundamentalist Baptist or whatever. Um, so it feels pretty big tent to me, and we can work with a lot. So the actual diversity in in our staff, uh, Norman uh, is a church Church of Christ kid. Um, as he calls himself, um, he grew up in the Churches of Christ, uh, the Stone Campbell movement, which um, I, I'm going to not do a really good job of representing where he came from in his tradition. But their tradition is actually fairly anti-state government um, and very pro-civil governance. Um, so David Lipscomb uh, is a uh, okay, major yeah. figure yeah. In, in that. Um, he wrote a book on civil government. And so we we deal with, you know, we can maybe that's another topic you can have with Norman. Um, but there are, um, there are a number of really good traditions there. In fact, LCI is actually, uh, has a project underway that we are sort of revitalizing and, and re what's, uh, I don't want to say resurrecting. It sounds terrible, but, um, it just seems like that should be reserved for one thing. Um, but <laughs> we are bringing back to life <laughs> and I can't, can't avoid it. Right. Resuscitating. Uh, you know, <laughs> resuscitating. There we go. Uh, texts that are like 120 years old that were that are still preserved um in in certain ways um from that movement uh you know people in the civil war actually you know writing against it pastors writing against it and things like that because there's a lot to uh, really good to be preserved um i would say um uh, so Carrie, you, you've had you've had her on your show, and so she's reformed Calvinist. Um, we ha- I actually don't know what Aaron is. Matthew is uh, a re- reformed. I I am not reformed. I would say I'm somewhere along the lines of like Anabaptist. Um, and if if Anabaptist could just really get real liturgy going. Um, I'd probably want to go to an Anabaptist church, but I actually go to an Evangelical Free Church, which is probably like the it's like if you like had different colors of the spectrum in in evangelicalism and you like blended them all together that's what you're going to get with us and the it's not really a denomination but it as a denomination in a way it is um it's got a lot of variety there's going to be um churches in the e-free movement that are um or in the e-free church that are like more calvinist some that are more arminian um some that are sort of like hey everybody here's welcome um so it's um okay. it's not yeah it's um yeah, so that's where I am, uh, and then we have actually some some people on our board who uh, are thinking about and uh, exploring Eastern Orthodoxy. Um, so we we have a lot of have a lot of diversity. No, that's that's cool, and I it, it's it's tough because like I, uh, yeah, I'm in, I got, I'm a little I'm a little bit all over the place myself. So I I tend to <laughs> I try to get along with everybody. I, I have some hard pushbacks against maybe certain groups based on certain certain theological positions they hold sure. but, but for the most part I, I try to you know i i have a lot of calvinist reformed um brothers and sisters like i have like carrie like you mentioned and uh greg baus and, and and others who um you know uh, come from that camp and then i've also had a lot of uh people who are catholics um who watch the show or who have come on my show and um had good conversations with them i've actually through through this podcast and through kind of exploring the world of you know christian libertarianism i've i've come to have um more of an appreciation for catholicism um and mm. i because I, I used to i grew up in a very uh 
sort of like anti-Catholic uh, fundamentalist yeah. uh, church. So yeah, um, yeah so you know, still still certain things about Catholicism that I I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but um, but I, I find that um, there there's more there's a lot of misconceptions that I had and it's good to, I think, and I think it's, um, you know, the, the, the effort to try to make the church and to make Christians more aware of what the state is and, and to think more critically about, you know, what we talk about as libertarians, you know, what is the legitimate use of force? It's like, I, I don't want to limit who I talk to by, you know, making too harsh of, you know certain theological uh, stances, yeah. both personally, p- both yeah. personally, and and with the and with the podcast. So it's, you know, it's I might have certain disagreements with certain people, but I, I also um, try to keep an open mind so I can understand where they're coming from, and which makes it you know easier to have a conversation with them. And and you know, yeah. if you know what presuppositions and what what the theological positions that they held, uh, there's a there is a uh, uh, a protester in the comments saying that you're not a true libertarian, which means yeah, he thanks, Aaron. It, it's the only it's, uh, um, you, this is a guy who reports to me, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you're only a true libertarian if you are online making sure everyone else knows that that they're not a real libertarian. <laughs> and 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 probably I think at this point you need to have at least you need to have a podcast or you're not a real libertarian. That's yeah, the way things are going too. <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're still figuring out a way that Aaron can get his own podcast, but as of now, he we we won't let him. So he, <laughs> so there you go, Aaron. <laughs> um, so what, yeah, what I, had you, a, um... I had a comment on that. Um, I was thinking, oh yeah, you were talking about like a way to promote liberty, um, by you know showing the the falls of the state and you know to any number of types of Christians, and and I think that's one of the challenges that the Libertarian Christian Institute actually has. Uh, because, you know, when we make an argument in favor or or against the state in a certain way, sometimes people, other Christians aren't going to really like how we made that argument because it's like, well, wait a second, you're saying this, but that's not the way to interpret that passage. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Each week, we bring you stock market outlooks, macroeconomic updates, and investment strategies that can help you succeed. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience about how they navigate uncertain markets. Prepare to be engaged, enlightened, and entertained by listening to the Capital Ideas Podcast today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Or that's not the takeaway from that passage, or, or that's not what Jesus meant, or you know, what about this, and what about that? And it's like you can make a better case for liberty by doing this, um, even though you know the person who might have written that pass, uh, you know, article or, or episode or whatever, uh, might sort of approach it from a from a different standpoint. So um, we can sometimes, you know, we don't want to alienate people. So sometimes by being broad, we sort of like don't attract the people who are like, no, there's only one way to teach liberty from the Bible, right? Yeah. 
No, and that's that's definitely a challenge because I mean I do have some. There there are certain things that I have a very strong opinion about, but I I try to do my best to, if someone has like for example like when you brought up um David uh, Lipscomb um I remember my uh, friend Stephen Rose from uh the Anarcho Christian podcast so like he takes a we we have a completely different reading of Romans thirteen for example and he has more of that um you know. Uh, he, he cites David um, and his writings on civil governance in Romans 13, and that's kind of the position he takes. And I have a completely different <laughs> take on it. And uh, probably like three or four times a year, we'll, we'll end up because like people will tag us in Twitter threads or Facebook posts, and they'll be like, mm-hmm. someone will ask, oh, "How do you handle Romans 13?" And then someone tags him, and someone tags me, and then it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, and we're back at it again. But it's like, you know what? If people are persuaded by his argument and not mine hey that's like that's not the way i take the text and like there's part of all roads lead to, against rome lead away right from exactly rome. it's like listen if if, <laughs> if, if 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 we are able to agree at the very least that romans 13 is not preaching that this you know the state and initiating violence against peaceful people is what god wants us to do with christians yeah. okay we we can that's the most important bit. And I think that's what I try to focus on. And the, the, you know, outside of that, then, you know, if we have different opinions on, you know, whether it's anarchy or minarchy, or if it's how we deal with different passages and whatnot, like there's just as much as there, you know, the church as a whole, there's no unity with why we have so many different denominations and, 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 and groupings and stuff. Um, you know, I guess it's just inevitable that Christian libertarianism is going to, you know, there, there's going to be, you know, hopefully a core to it that's consistent, right? Just like you hope the core to most of the mainstream Christian denominations yeah. is the gospel. And, and, you know, we hope for the most part to not stray too far from that. But then, you know, if we have disagreements around the edges, whether you know it's it's baptism or the communion and the Eucharist or um, hierarchical structures of church and things like that, or if it's yeah. if or similar you know uh, things in the Christian libertarian sphere, um, I think it's more important to get people to consider those philosophical presuppositions about the use of force and about what the state is than it is to, you know, everyone has to read this exact passage the way I do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I completely agree. And I honestly, I think when I became a libertarian, it was probably in, I mean, let's see, trying to think about the timing here. Yeah. I was in seminary. And so I was doing study of, of the scripture and I wasn't, I don't know if I was really trying to integrate the two. I just knew that as I was learning about liberty and freedom and economics and that philosophy, it, that it didn't seem incoherent with what I was learning in seminary. And I actually went to a seminary those I wouldn't say they're left leaning, but they weren't. They definitely weren't right leaning, and they definitely weren't libertarian. So they they would probably lean toward a more social justice minded uh, way of doing reading scripture and doing church, right? Um, and so that's that's you know my personal story a little bit um in that i was thinking hmm this sounds really good but uh, something doesn't seem right and learning about you know the philosophy of libertarianism um i i think that um boy i think i lost my train of thought there for a second oh i know what it was the core you're talking about the core so here's the core for christianity and libertarianism is jesus is lord 
Um, if any particular denomination, church, or whatever is going to proclaim anything, they're going to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. It can mean it. It does mean that, uh, but that's not really what it meant in the first century. What it meant was Caesar is not Lord. Jesus is the is God incarnate, and that God is sovereign and. Christ is king, and I don't have allegiance to Caesar. Well, that's pretty politically subversive. Well, immediately, if you just understand that basic thing, you have to question some of the other things out there about the way you might read Romans 13 or the way you might read Second Peter, First Peter, Second Peter 2, First right. Peter 2. Um, or if you study like, the historical significance of like, yeah. why, why did the Pharisees Or why did why were there the different passages talking yeah. about tax collectors and and uh, casting tax collectors in the same light as like prostitutes and yeah and adulterers and and you know uh, it's funny know, the, the left the really wants sinners. to hang, really wants to defend people who are like really deep sinners but when it comes to tax collectors are cheering them on right yeah so <laughs> it, it it's funny it's like people don't there's so much uh, historical context when you go back and look. Um, and yeah, the, the, the Jewish people, when they were living under Caesar, I mean, it was, they, they, they viewed Caesar as a false God and an idol. And it was, uh, um, to, to go and proclaim Christ as your Lord and savior, as your King back then, you know, that, that, that had very serious implications. And as we can see, cause yeah. that's why the Roman empire was, you know, persecuting Christians so heavily in the first uh, couple centuries because they were. Yeah, it was a political threat. Anybody yeah. that tells you that Jesus wasn't political or that following Jesus isn't political is doesn't understand. First of all, the, the yeah, first century. Yeah, that's the pushback you scriptures. get sometimes too, isn't it? Like just like, oh, well, you know, we just shouldn't care about politics. You know, we should just care yeah. about the gospel and just go out and evangelize. I, I get that sometimes from just regular yeah. evangelicals, and I've also seen. Like you know, people within the liberty sphere who you know, the ones who kind of call themselves the the post libertarians or the praxians yep, or yep. What they call and they're like, oh well, just just give up on libertarian philosophy and just you know uh, everything that is true about libertarianism is found in Christianity. So just focus on making everyone Christians. It's like, well that that sounds good in theory, except there's a lot of Christians <laughs> who are you know out there advocating for very violent forms of authoritarianism and yeah, statism yeah. so it seems to me that you know if if the bible like i i just to make it as simple as possible if, if i'm supposed to love my neighbor and my enemy and god okay well you know my views on politics and the state like inevitably need to be reconciled like I, I need to have a position on them because you know, the government and politics, like those are my neighbors and sometimes my enemies. And uh, I need to have a biblically informed view of, you know, what these systems and what the people acting yeah. within these systems yeah, are doing. And that should be yeah. informed by trying to reconcile, um, you know, the, the the teachings that God gave us and that Jesus gave us and the example he gave us, I think, Um you know, and, and, and to reconcile, especially with, you know, you know, is this is this loving my neighbor and is this loving God? And if at any point we're advocating for actions that seem to be in conflict with loving God and loving our neighbor, then we need to at least be willing to think critically about those things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, for, for a little while I was getting tutored in, uh, in new Testament Greek and the guy who tutored me is very much about social justice. And I said something about economics and this was about, uh, it was about seven years ago, I guess. And, um, he was like, Oh, I don't want to learn economics. And I, I said to him, I said, if you really care about social justice, you will learn some economics, um, yeah. because it's going to tell you the limitations of what you're able to do. And, you know, you're not gonna, you should I mean, know you're not going to really find that in the scripture anyway, but, um, yeah but yeah but like, you, so you vi finally years later he actually started learning <laughs> economics and he's now an austrian so yeah good. now if you care i mean anything you care about you can be connected because i mean especially you know if you have the Misesian view that economics is just human action i mean just i mean yeah pretty much everything has a economy or an economic um angle or mode of analysis that can be applied to it I many times anytime we and and i think this you know the there there's again like i don't think the bible is a document um that that strictly talks about economics but i do think there are principles in there that speak to certain you know um economic presuppositions that, yeah. that we have to contend with so well I mean, if the bible is going to be if the bible is going to be speaking truth and it touches on anything economics what it's going to say is going to be truth Right. So right. It's, you're going to have that overlap and it's going to, you know, by, I guess, de facto be be true. Your question about like, why do people why do people care too much about like like there's those Christians who don't care about politics and what they really mean is like the political apparatus of the state or whatever. Um, you, you said that you were reading or you have read our book, Faith, Singing, Freedom. Yes. Um, I've, I've got a copy of it here. And this is literally the first chapter. Why should I care about politics? Right. Question yeah. number one. Question number one. Politics isn't a gospel issue. So why should I be concerned about politics? Jesus. Question two. Jesus said his kingdom was not of this world. Isn't political engagement being concerned with this world? Politics seems to be like a distraction from the real mission of the church. First three questions answer like literally in I guess it would be about 650 words total in those three questions. Uh, we would we would answer that with basically saying actually Jesus was political um, and and therefore you should be too. Now being political, it like if you don't vote, that's being political, right? Right. If you're Even being if, if you live in Australia, if you political. live in Australia and you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything you do is political because it has to do with your your behaviors affect the world around you and the, your society. And in the sort of broad definition of the word political, as in like it affects things, you are acting political in, in all kinds of ways. Now, I don't want to dilute that and say, well, it doesn't matter then. But like anything you do that is in relationship to the state, if you uh, is is going to be political, like if you live in Australia and you decide not to vote and, and incur a fine for not voting, um, you are possibly living out your Christian faith by saying, I don't want to participate in, in this. I don't know how it all works in Australia. I'm just picking that as at random. Um, there are ways in which you can um, reject what the state asks you to do. Um, and you know, and, it, and that's going to depend on the time and place of, of different people. So, um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of people who think that being engaged in politics means that we have to talk about policy means that we have to talk about like, how, how should somebody vote? How should, how should the people we vote for vote when bills come up? How should the presidents, what should the president sign? What should he veto? Um, all those different things are what we think of as politics when in reality, anything in relationship to the state is, is or even local governments uh, right. is politics in some way. So if you don't show up to your local school board meeting, or if you don't show up, to um, something that you have a say in, like let's say there's some sort of like special hearing about the way the land's going to be rezoned in your district, 
showing up and not showing up is doing politics. And there is a way in which you can influence people um, that is that is non-coercive. And then there's ways that you can participate that, that are coercive. And what we see from the right and the left in a lot of ways is that they think that when they get in politics, all the morality of and, and ethics just kind of go out the window. It's like, oh, well, we're doing it for the common good or, oh, this is endorsed by the people and I'm doing it through the mechanism that is endorsed by the people. And therefore, it's OK and not actually violent when it's actually just not the case. Like you, you take that veneer of of authority away and you realize that the state doesn't have any authority that people have really given it. Um, and it often acts in contrary to the will of God and to God's people. And, and and it just kind of unravels from there. Well, and one of the things that I, I like to to bring up, and this was actually something I I tagged LCI in today. Or no, it was yesterday. No, we were. I was tagged in a uh, post um, by a Catholic friend of mine, and I think LCI was too. And it was a question about um, egalitarianism, and if there was a better word for that, because that's kind of a word that. The, the you know has maybe leftist or marxisty it's got a lot uh, of baggage to it yeah you know, a lot of baggage to it um and if there was a better way to express the idea that like there's some sort of sort of equality among people because we're all image bearers of image bearers of god and mm-hmm. and i thought about that like i read that and i didn't answer right away i kind of thought about it throughout the day because i was like trying to chew on that a little bit because i was like i don't know if i can think of a better word other than you know, equality. Um, and then, and I, I have an aversion to those words, you know what I mean? I, um, you know, I, I tend I actually, uh, one of my favorite pieces by Rothbard is that like egalitarianism is a revolt against nature. Yeah. And, right. um, but then I, I, I thought about it a, a bit more critically and I said, you know, you know, part of this is semantics. And I remember, um, you know, one of the things I talk about in my podcast and, and I think, I've heard Carrie and other people, you know, talk about it too, is that, you know, there are, there are terms that I think have a good and godly, uh, biblically based meaning and even foundation. Mm -hmm. And these terms are often hijacked by the powers of this world and, and twisted and distorted in a sinful way to where then they get these negative connotations to it. And like, sort of like the word authority, like you mentioned earlier, uh, a, mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, you know, yeah. libertarians, broadly speaking, will, re- you know, find the, the idea of authority to be repulsive and antithetical to libertarianism. And then Christians, you know, will, will rightfully maybe push back against libertarianism if they have a simple, you know, not fully informed idea of what it is because they go, oh, well, you know, you Christians can't be libertarians because, you know, we have to respect authority and you know god is an uh, authority and you know we um some christians who are libertarians then kind of go oh yeah you know we 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 should just reject all authority and i was like well hold on no that the bible definitely i think has a high view of authority but what is what we can't define like if the if the bible says if god is speaking to us through the word and it tells us to respect or submit to something we have to do it in the context of how god is defining that term not how the world defines it. right so if the world defines authority as using coercion and threats of violence to conform people's will to your your own 
I don't think that's a biblical definition no. of authority. No. That's not, and it's and it's definitely not the model of what authority and leadership is that Jesus gave us. You know, Jesus gave us yeah. almost the exact opposite when he washed his apostles' feet and he said, "This is, you know, th- this is how you, this is how you lead." Is 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 it you're supposed to be a servant? And so there's so many examples of this. And I think this is like fundamentally the uphill battle that we have to fight is almost, it is somewhat about principles and educating people on maybe the nature of the state and maybe, you know, more plausible interpretations of certain scriptures and thinking critically about, you know, you know, sort of like the libertarian uh, axioms and questions about like, oh, well, if it's, you know, would you use violence against me if I had uh, a certain piece of plant in my pocket? And if you wouldn't, why would you advocate for somebody <laughs> with a badge to do it? You know, like, the, you know, those things yeah. are important. But sometimes I think equally important, at least, is we need to be pushing back. And I think Christians should especially be compelled by this, is that we should be pushing back against any secular or worldly institution that's seeking to redefine um, concepts and and terms that, God has talked about and to distort their their godly biblical meaning. Yeah. Yep. Um and yep. I think that, that that can apply to authority, that can apply to even something like equality. Because I think there is an argument to be made that that uh Christianity preaches a a message of equality in a sense, but it's an equality that is that stems from you know the fact that we are image bearers of God and, and that all are one in Christ. Not that we are all owed, you know, some sort of, you know, equal access yeah. to resources or, uh, you know, certain positive privileges and obligations and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I, I don't know. What, what what do you think about that? I mean, is is do you have yeah. any commentary you want to add on to that? Yeah. Well, the 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 semantic <laughs> argument is is pretty pretty strong in my mind um that that you have trouble using a word that actually has good meaning like the neutral form of the word is actually you know fine um you know the founders of the united states the writers of the constitution declaration like all men are created equal right um and in that that's the kind of egalitarianism that you and i would probably you know espouse is that people are created equal um and that it doesn't matter. I realize the founders probably thought slightly different and that's up for debate, I guess, but like, it doesn't matter your skin color, your race, your orientation, your, you know, where you were, like how bad of a sinner you are. Right. So like, there's just so many reasons we can just be like, look, we're all people. We're all equal in that regard. Um, But you're right. The, the people who want to say we are equal want to make that mean more than what, what it really does. Um, and for me, it, the idea of being equal means I have to constantly say to myself, whatever judgments I have against somebody, uh, or whatever judgments I have about people, um, those need, those need to sort of take a backseat to my interactions with a person or my knowledge of them as it grows and, and, and as I get a better context. So when I treat somebody uh, a certain way, I I'm not treating them as my equal. I mean, I, I, I'm a sinner, right? And I'm unable to, in some ways, to to sort of see people the way Jesus saw people as as genuine human beings, equal, right? Um, equal to me, uh, Doug, not Jesus. Um, and it's uh, just making sure I said that clearly. Could have come out the wrong way. Um, 
but that in, in in that human form there's that equality so like i have to submit myself to looking through looking at people through the eyes of jesus and in some ways you, you might even say that christians go even further and and like we ask other people to treat each other as equals but we we think of ourselves as as lesser than others and in, in sort of a, a hmm. an appropriate humility um and so there's there's a lot to be said for the word equality but you are right that like when people talk about equality that's been codified in our modern lexicon as equality of outcome um the the terms are now shifting a little bit more toward equity when you talk about you know critical race theorists and marxists um they're they're going to be talking more about equity um i think they might have realized they've lost the equality game because they can't really truly hijack that word completely um but um i i think egalitarianism non non-biblical egalitarianism like extra biblical egalitarian like social egalitarianism um i i think is fine uh from a legal a judgment perspective and things like that i don't think i don't think that if you if you believe all people are equal that you're saying they have equal uh, input in an economy. And I think that's where a lot of the people on the left sort of think that libertarians and conservatives see people who are lower skilled as being lesser than. And, and I do believe that there is a sense in which human beings look at others and say, wow, you don't produce much and you, you just must not, you just must be lazy or you just must be stupid or you just must not have skills or you might be ignorant or, you know, backward or whatever, and you don't produce much. And therefore I don't see you as highly. And, and I think that's a legit criticism because there are people like that. But that's not what people mean when we talk about, like when we deal with economics when we talk about specialization or as I was listening in my, you know, listening to the scriptures, you know, um, that the, uh, we're all different parts of one body, right? Like, yeah. and I realize that that's applying to the to the church, but I mean, there's clear clear analogy to human beings. It's like not everybody can do what Jeff Bezos does, and not and Jeff Bezos might be able to do things, a lot of things that other people do, but they're going to do it better because there's more of them, and you're going to have comparative advantage and specialization. There's going to be a ton of economic, you know, uh, analogies we can or principles that we can pull out and make that analogy, um, but that doesn't mean we're not equal. Like, and, and it also doesn't mean that those people are lesser than Jeff Bezos. Like Jeff Bezos is, um, you know, to use him or Elon Musk or any, any of these billionaires, they are, uh, they are equal to, you know, right. the person, the person who fills up my gas tank when I drive to New Jersey, cause I can't fill it up myself. Right. So like, what, what, that's not even like low skilled labor. That's actually just, you know, whatever. So like they're, they're equal in the eyes of God and they should be equal to me and I should treat them as equals. I should not bow down toward e to, to Elon Musk just because he's good at Twitter, right? Or just because right. he's good at make, building businesses that make him billions and, and makes a lot of us better off. Um, because everybody who's doing a functional service to other people in the market are, are making each other better off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, um, the, I definitely recommend anybody... Um, who hasn't get, uh, pick up faith seeking freedom because it's a definitely a good, good book. If you're curious about, you know, learning more about the, uh, you know, Christian oh, uh, intersection with libertarian political philosophy. And uh, you know, I, I thought I was pretty well, well learned on, on those things, but I even found some stuff in there I hadn't considered before. Like I, I was, had my mind blowed the, the section about property rights um, and the, uh, the led me to the, uh, I think it's Matthew, it's Matthew 20 or Matthew 15. It's the parable of the, the workers in the vineyard. Um, yeah. And yeah, like that just blew me away. 
I actually did a podcast on it after I read that because I was just like, I was like, wow, this is almost like essentially a, a Jesus through a parable teaching what then later the Austrians, uh, the Austrian economists sort of pointed out, yeah. which is that, you know, value uh, is subjective and based upon what two or more people agree to in exchange. It's not like not the labor theory of value. It's not the yeah. uh, inherent, you know, uh, value theory or anything like that it's that like you know hey if you agree to do something for x amount of you know if you agree to do x for y then you know that that is voluntary yeah. human interaction and that's what's just in the interaction but if somebody else agrees to do x for y plus z well you're not owed the z because you didn't you know yeah. you, you didn't agree to that ahead of time which is that that's what's talked about in that parable and like there's, there's so many things like that when you dive into the scriptures that um you know that, that that really push into it so it's a it, it's too much to, to get to in all one podcast but yeah it, it's certainly yeah. something that uh you know an ongoing journey of, of of learning more and you know deepening our uh you know deepening our study of the scriptures both to i think strengthen our you know relationship with god and i think that's you know should be probably the emphasis or at least you know high high up there but you know I, I to me i view again to go back i think the reason i make such a strong emphasis and i think you do too on connecting these two things is because i i view libertarianism as one of the best tools we have one of you know both from a you know political and philosophical perspective for living out loving our neighbor like like mm -hmm. like if we don't yeah. have this component down we don't yeah. have have these conversations about uh the state and violence and economics and and all that then we're going to fall short of what we otherwise yeah. could do i think in that pursuit so i think yeah. that's that's where i land on on all that well, yeah well and a comment i have about that is is that is one of the reasons why I realized that economic understanding economics really, really helped because it's a way in which you can get some, a lot of granular data on how you can and cannot love your neighbor and, and what are those yeah. limits. And so I'll give you, give you an example is, so it's an extra biblical discipline, right? It's a extra biblical uh, soft science, if you will. Uh, you have a lot of people on the left who are very um, interested in ecological health. They are very much uh, concerned that we are destroying our planet and leave that aside. Let's say that, that even, even if we're not, even if we are, it doesn't matter. Uh, it is important that Christians take proper care of the environment that we live in, right? Whether it's for human flourishing, whether it's for just for its own sake, whether it's for our own, whatever you want to come up with, right? Well, the Bible doesn't really tell us exactly how. We've had to use right. we've had to use yeah. the sciences to help us understand that we can destroy ecosystems without knowing it and that we can pollute rivers that have adverse effects on others. And that even even with even with like global warming or climate change, it's like, well, OK, fine. You can you can tell me that all this is happening, but it's like that that part of it is not saying here's how we should. I should say it this way, the that fact, whether they're right or wrong about like catastrophic climate change, I don't I don't think they're I don't think the catastrophe they're catastrophizing is what I think um, yeah. is, is sort of irrelevant. But the point is, um, 
they had to go to the sciences to say, here's here's how we take care of the environment because we we learn from these. Like the the scripture doesn't tell us all those details, and um and so, but they're really really reticent to go to economics to understand that there's this thing called scarcity. Like they're very they they, they realize that there's limits to what we could do in nature, and they're all about making sure that we know about them. But when right. you tell someone that printing money is not really print is not really making us wealthy, it's like, oh, no, no, no. You're just you're just, you know, spouting, you know, hyper right wing billionaires are, and oil are scarce. But 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 the American dollar bill is infinite. <laughs> yes, that is exactly right. And uh, now we're back to now we're back to the left being cheerleaders for the state. Um, you know, it used to be that they were just kind of happy go alongs, but now they're just they're they're cheerleaders who sleep with the team team empire. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. I'll it's, leave that one there. Yeah. No. I I, I could believe it, it. It's I was brought up, uh, and I think I talked about this a little bit when I was on your show the last time. But um, I was brought up in a conservative home, but I kind of spent most of my youth like 16 to like 23 uh 24 being on the political left so um i i I go after them hard and then it's it's often like i'm going after my past self and i can criticize them accurately though because i like i i know what you guys believe believe me i used to be there (laughs) yeah yeah i've been there yeah but um uh thankfully i didn't i didn't have a, a past where it was uh sort of abusive uh, as I've heard a lot of Christians growing up in similar traditions that I was in, um, it didn't, it didn't like some of the, like the really egregious stuff that I read about us, like that was not in my environment. So. I didn't have anything horrible. I mean, I, I was a pastor's kid, so I think it's just, I, you know, that's sort of a rite of passage to <laughs> rebel against the <laughs> things that your parents teach you, I guess. You're predestined um, to do it. Yes, that yeah. was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, wrapping up here, um, so we, you know, we kind of went into what LCI is and, um, you know, kind of explored a little bit into the connection there that, that, that you guys see and that we see and that you guys talk about in, in your book and the stuff you do. What, what other things uh, at the end here, um, just wanted to talk about quick, do, does LCI do anything you want to promote or plug? Yeah. As a, projects or ways you know people can can get involved and support the the different endeavors that um yeah you're all doing yeah so um you know one of our main products is this book that we've that i've been holding up every now and that we were talking about a little bit uh faith seeking freedom you can get it at faithseekingfreedom.com if you purchase it from us we get a little bit better uh profit margin on it than if you order it off amazon but ordering it off amazon is great you can write a review all that um greedy babies just just exploiting your Well, I, I don't know about modern uh, agreements on that, but I just recently read that someone was like, yeah, if you publish with Amazon, you're not allowed to sell it elsewhere. But when we did the agreement, I double checked into it and we were able to. So hmm. um, the the other benefit you get by ordering it directly from LCI is that you get you get a fancy bookmark that I made um, for it that that we have. And oh, darn. so, so you, you get that. And um, in any case, you can also... Bookmark. Yeah, and you can buy you can buy in bulk on our website as well. So libertarianchristians.com or you can go to faithseekingfreedom.com. So that's one thing that we have. It's it's one of the most recent ones. We it was published in late 2020. We all had time to write from home in 2020, so we got a book out. Um but no, actually it took longer than that. But um that's that's the one thing we do. I have a podcast, the Libertarian Christian Podcast. Um, we have a YouTube show uh called Good News Bad News. We are actually 
very soon shifting what that format is. So if those those of you who want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can do that on um, at YouTube. Uh, we were of course on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook. We have a group on Facebook that is a group of over ten thousand libertarian Christians. Um, some of them maybe in name only, um, and some of them are just there to troll us um, and and be agitators and thing and and so forth. But in any case. Um, uh yeah so we we do all those kinds of things we are a nonprofit um and so what we do depends on people giving to us uh non uh, tax free donations um we rely on our supporters and the, uh, the sales of our book um so purchasing a book and also donating is is really good ways to help and and in addition to the things that i mentioned we we put out articles every week uh that are written from a libertarian christian perspective and they are either you know original guest articles or some from our staff um you know we'll even do write ups on like the fact that i did this interview and just to kind of promote the broader libertarian Christian movement and other uh, Christians who are uh, and Christian anarchists um, who are promoting promoting the right things. Cool. And then I saw um, you guys have a uh, um, uh, speaking of diversity, a a uh, Latinx version of uh, Libertarian Christian Institute now. Or um, use the left term. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny to me that I, people pronounce it differently, and and I think you got it right. Um, but I'm white, so what do I know? Um, Aaron was on this call, so maybe he or on the on the chat there, so maybe he can chime in and tell tell us how you said it. But um, yeah, so Aaron Aaron uh, Sepulveda, he is um, he is the how should I put it? He is our 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 Spanish wing of the Libertarian Inst Christian Institute. <laughs> And um, facing freedom is going to come to Spanish um, sometime this year. They uh, had a whole Aaron, uh, because Aaron reports to me, and that's what I'm telling him. Yeah, it was, um, was going to come out this year. It was Aaron and uh, I forget her name, but but one of the probably um, Olivia. Yeah, it was Olivia, and they got into an argument with some um, uh, Spanish-speaking atheists on my wall. And uh, oh, I mean, thank, thank God for Google Translate because I don't speak Spanish. But I that's actually funny. like I like I, I think. You know, just broadly speaking, for uh, Christians and libertarians, like we need people uh, who speak Spanish to be, you know, out there doing that kind of work. And honestly, I, I kind of feel convicted to go learn it myself because uh, there's a lot of people that that's their native tongue, and you're gonna have a probably need yeah. your time having convincing, persuasive, persuasive conversations with them if you can. Yeah. Well, you should. Uh, you should have Aaron on. You should have Aaron on to talk about this because it's I, I think there's a lot more there than people actually realize. Um, you know, we Americans are very American centric in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's 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 sad on the one hand. On the other hand, it, it also means that when we do partner with people and go to other regions of the world, that it has to be uh, done by the people who are is the word indigenous the right word or uh, native to that area and or speak the language and familiar with it like the last thing we need is more american colonizers going and saying here's how you be libertarian in your country <laughs> like yeah. let's let's let people who know how to do this and can can bridge the gap between you know what we have and what they what they see as valuable so um aaron is doing an excellent job building the twitter and i guess maybe instagram i can't remember um and also maybe facebook groups um I don't know what all he's up to. He's up to a lot, and it's he's doing very well. Yeah, Aaron's all over the place. Um, so he's, he's everywhere. Work. Yeah, except late <laughs> for our breakout session at Freedom Fest. <laughs> 
cool well hey doug thanks for coming on um pleasure to have you on and uh we'll definitely do it again sometime and uh yeah definitely everyone check them out support them at the very least purchase the book um you know we're a couple one for you one to maybe give to a friend because it's a it's a very good easy we even have read. a group study guide that you can so if you buy the pack the, the multi-pack i mean the study guide's free for anybody but you buy the multi-pack you do the small group study just saying that's that sounds pretty good and you get a bookmark too if you get it on the website so i'll give you each a bookmark get it on the website cool all right well thanks everybody for watching thanks again doug for coming on and uh yeah until next time remember don't fear the fire thank you yep save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.